Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Movie Go Round, the film discussion podcast that rotates between different themes every week on a five-week schedule. Now, last week was new to two, but this week is Netflix roulette. We spun the wheel and we wound up with a random film. Uh, Just to let listeners know how we did this, we actually used a Netflix roulette generator and all three of us spun the wheel. And then between our three results, we picked what would work best for the show. Still very, very random. And this week, we came upon a bit of a doozy, and it was almost to be expected when you spin a Netflix roulette wheel. But I do want to join the wonderful people with me, my two co-hosts, Nicole Davis. How are you doing? It has been a very long day, Brett, and it was a felt like a very long experience watching this movie, even though it was only technically 85 minutes so, but I discovered something about this movie that kind of makes it great, so I look forward to talking about it. All right. There's some redeeming value to this movie for Nicole. That's exciting. Uh, David Luzader, how are you? Like the ever-changing water levels in this movie, so is the ever-changing level of sanity I have since I watched it for the second time. We should put that on a t-shirt or like a coffee mug or something at least. <laughs> Uh, Barely hanging on here, guys. It's getting rough. <laughs> it's beautiful. Now, now, when when we put this movie in our Netflix roulette and it popped up, it was funny because we uh, were doing Geek Cinema for a while and we decided to start this new project. And weeks into the future, I think it was sometime in, uh, in you know four or five months from now, we had uh, Claire Child booked, which is uh, which is a, a my 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 favorite guest to come on the show on any of the shows we've previously done. A because she's the first guest on this program, and B, because she's my girlfriend. Uh, but she was booked for this on Geek Cinema Society, which is why we brought her on uh, Happenstance here to talk about it here on Movie Go Round, and the film is Sharknado. But before I get into the film, uh, Claire, thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm very excited that we got to watch this movie, and I liked it, so I'm going to probably be hated. Yeah, you know what? I'm excited you're on. I'm excited you're on. You know, Claire puts up with me, uh, you know, having to do a lot of podcasting. So it's nice she can be involved for once. Uh, and she has some really cool new projects coming up that we're going to talk about toward the end of the show. But Sharknado, when a freak hurricane swamps Los Angeles, nature's deadliest killer rules sea, land, and air. As thousands of sharks terrorize the waterlogged populace, this came out in 2013, directed by Anthony C. Ferrante. Uh, this was a film. Now, first of all, I'm just out of curiosity, um, like, w- what appealed about this film to you when you when you signed up for it at the other show? Um, honestly, I love sharks. Um, I have a very strange fascination with them, and I had never seen this movie, so I saw it on the list, and I was messing with Brett, and I was like, gotta watch it, because I love sharks. Do you still love sharks after this movie? Um, well, I still love sharks. I don't know if I love the sharks in this movie. The highly realistic sharks in this movie. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. So let's let's immediately, I guess, turn to some initial reactions about this film because this was something you were very much dreading to watch, Nicole. Correct? Yes. Why? It's a B movie classic. Some would argue. Uh, I think it's it intends to be a B movie classic. It intends to be campy, and I would argue that it 
does not succeed in what it's trying to be, and that's why it's bad. There are campy movies that are great. I love Flash Gordon. I don't think I've made any secret of that. Um, And it's terrible, and it's campy, and I love it, and it it knows what it is. And Sharknado, it's clear that it knows what it is, but I don't think it entirely succeeds in what it's trying to be. Mmm, sharks fired. Okay, uh, and David, uh, what what do you think about about Sharknado moving into it? Because you the second time you've seen it, correct? Yeah, I saw this back in 2013 when it initially came out. I got caught up in the hype. I was like, this movie looks terrible. Let's watch it. So I got some friends together. And watching it with other people is the only way to make it bearable because then you can like <laughs> talk about it and make fun of it. And that's where like that's where this movie should exist and why it has the popularity it does because people get together and have Sharknado watching parties. I assume watching it by yourself, this movie is an hour too long because <laughs> you I lost interest in what was going on real quick on this second time. And uh, and was really considering clawing my own eyes out just to have something to do. <laughs> what? This is not what I expected from you tonight. However, however, love it. Would watch it again <laughs> with, with people. With people, I love I will it. Watch oh, this movie by myself. I love masochistic David. Okay. Um, so, so one thing, one thing like that we should mention before we really get into the grit of this film, if there really is any, I guess, uh, is that this was a phenomenon in an, in and of itself in 2013 because this there's been you know dozens of bad sci-fi channel original movies, but this was something that you know Olivia Wilde and Will Whedon, all these people were tweeting about it, and then it blew up on Twitter, and then the National Weather Service started making jokes about it, and then Regal Cinema started selling out midnight showings of this. And then in addition to that, they started internationally broadcasting it in places they would never internationally broadcast it, and they started merchandising it, which typically they would not do for a sci-fi original film. This was a really big deal, and obviously it's, you know, spawned four additional sequels. I really don't know anything about those, but this very first film, kind of a big deal. Uh, I, I I don't know why. Why is this any better than any other sci-fi original film? Because it so blatantly embraced what it was, uh, they didn't try to pretend like, okay, this is like a movie we got that people made and took very seriously. It's it's an Asylum production. If you don't know what Asylum Studios is, uh, they are a blight upon the movie industry, some would argue. They they make... Uh, mockbusters or you know granny confusers is also another great name for it oh i love a movie, that a movie approximately close to like a film you really want to see but is just not quite uh i think just like the appeal of it is that it was so insane and they weren't like they weren't trying to be like here's a super serious movie we made it was like guys it's a tornado of sharks they <laughs> <laughs> were like that yeah, is and that yeah. was that was one thing I you know like the um the the shark in the room I, I can't stop with the shark puns it's bad um so like uh, like it's not even but the, like the big thing in the room the elephant in the room is that it's not really a tornado like Claire can you can you explain to us what's going on here Well I was confused Well first of all I don't know what's happening at the beginning like what are those people all doing on a boat selling the shark fins for the soup but 
then when they get back to the guy's restaurant, it's a hurricane. Like, what's it called? Hurricane David. David. And they keep <laughs> yep. talking about of it. it is. But why is it called Sharknado? Like, at the end, I think there's three tornadoes, but like, it was a hurricane. And because Sharkacane doesn't sound as good. I, I guess. But I'm actually happy you brought up that opening scene because David put it in our, do- in our document as well. What is up with that scene? It has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah, I, I've sure heard it. does. How? What? <laughs> I think it's it's the original Sharknado of the many Sharknados that appear in this in this film. But, the, uh, because I because they're they're catching the sharks. I think the rest of the sharks, or at least a lot of the blood of those sharks, goes overboard and draws many more living sharks around the boat. And that's where the, the I believe, the eye of the hurricane comes through. I don't know. The initial water spout comes through and sucks up those sharks. And that is the original Sharknado. Okay. I, okay. Would, be totally cool with that if it had like any bearing if they were like the this isn't the first sharknado legend tells that a couple of months ago there was another sharknado <laughs> now what if what if let me pose this idea entirely hypothetical that first mm-hmm. scene is trying really hard for the first five minutes to like to like make you feel like this is some uh deep underbelly of of the shark fin trade industry uh what if they were just trying for the first like afternoon i I think it was the concept i think it's the concept film i think it is the 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 proof of concept they made and show sci-fi channel (laughs) and then they just abandoned that entirely Hmm. like imagine this and then it wasn't i think it's a i think it's a 75 minute movie and this was 10 minutes that they were able to tack onto it to make it be able to fill the slot in the sci-fi schedule. That's what I think this is. I think you're probably entirely right. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I do love, though, and currently it's uh, getting a little bit into an old segment here on GCS, but uh, I'm just going to put this in our chat, and for listeners, just search Funk Pop Figure Sharknado. Funko (laughs) realized how successful this movie was and bought the rights to make a pop action figure is it fifty dollars it's fifty dollars of the sharknado it is a tornado with water at the bottom with a shark inside of it makes sense but tornadoes don't have water in them these ones did they also don't have sharks in them yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that's where it lost you what, what are the sharks breathing there's so many logical yeah. questions that, like, when you're with other people, you just throw out the window because, like, oh, man, look at that. That's crazy. When you're by yourself, you're like, nothing makes sense. No. We live in a society that is covered by the You're watching a movie called Sharknado. Yep. Okay. Written by a man whose first movie was called uh, Mutant Vampire Zombies from the Hood. Really? Oh, that yeah. sounds dangerously racist. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was starring C. Thomas Howell as well, who starred in that oh. uh, notoriously non-racist movie, Soul Man. Um, oh, no. <laughs> it, uh, this guy also wrote 200 MPH. Uh 
A.E. Apocalypse Earth. And then he wrote all five of the Sharknado movies. And his latest opus is something called Geo Disaster, which I don't think has aired yet. Huh. Okay, he's definitely found his niche. I mean, can't fault the man for that. Uh, So one of the funniest anecdotes about this film, this is one that David brought to our attention, is that the lead, the the man, Finn, played by Ian Ziering. Is it Ziering? Ian. Ziying? Yeah, it's Ian Ziering. I don't know why. Okay, Ziying. Ian Ziering, yeah. (laughs) Did the movie so his family wouldn't lose health insurance. (laughs) It just, it just shows the desperation that went into making him this film. And you know I mean, what? He's I gotta give it, it to him. He commits. He does, and he's embraced it since. I mean, he's him and Tara Reid have been in all five of the movies. He goes to cons. Like his celebrity's kind of been reinvented a little bit. But uh, man, reinvented. Just, was it ever invented to begin with? Was he in anything? I didn't really recognize yeah. him. Yeah, Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Man. Yeah. Oh, that's before my time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. also the voice of Vinny on uh, Biker Mice from Mars just you know just throwing that out there uh, okay. but yeah he he just got to this like can you imagine getting to the point of this poor guy nobody's casting him and the script comes along that you read and it's just it's terrible it's awful <laughs> but guess what they're gonna give you some money your family yeah. doesn't have to fear the black plague <laughs> <laughs> This is too real. You do what you gotta do. People think acting is glamorous. No. Sometimes you have to make Sharknado. Yeah. So you can't afford the chicken bones for the broth. (laughs) Make the thin soup that keeps you going through the harsh Los Angeles winters. Yeah, that's true. true. Oh my god. Oh, that's that's hilarious. You know, and Tara Reid's career was (laughs) nowhere. At this point, and Big time. I just feel so bad for her in this movie. Tara Reid is uh is is the the ex wife that is living you know with with the boyfriend, and she has been in yeah. stuff like like what she was wasn't she in like Lampoon or something like similar to that? She was in the American Pie movie. Oh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, okay. She also had a brief stint on Scrubs. Uh, okay. She said she. Yeah, she's been around. She read it and thought that it was legitimately funny. And that's why she oh, decided no. to do it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel bad for uh, her. Big Lebowski as well. Now, the, does... the one I feel bad for is Kevin McAllister's dad. Yes. Who? Uh, uh, John Hurd. John, John Hurd. What is John Hurd doing in this movie? Trying to give it some credibility. Session topics. Did what? Did someone kidnap one of his loved ones? What is he? Do? He is. This is beyond slumming for John Hurd. Yes, but now he was your favorite character, correct, Claire? Until he was is that eaten the guy up? that had the bar stool yes. and then he lets the dog yeah. out of the He's car. He's also the dad from Home yeah. Alone, which is what David's getting at. Yeah, I liked him, and then he just got eaten, and no one cut him out of the belly of a shark. Yeah, why couldn't they? Why couldn't they have cut him out at the yeah. end? Yeah, because because he was like actually like bitten up. There was like blood everywhere. Oh. Nova got swallowed whole. Oh. I watched this movie with my kids. My kids are thirteen and sixteen, and my thirteen-year-old, as soon as John Hurd's character George, uh, as soon as he died, he was like, "Well, I just lost all interest in this movie." <laughs> well, and he, <laughs> they, uh, do you love how they give him that heroic moment of? Saving lazily, the dog, yeah, lazily yeah. breaking a car window. That's awesome. 
Like he like he barely puts any effort in like bashing that stool against that window, but it gives out real easy. And then he saves the dog and dies. Yep. Yep. Does how, the owner how... say thank you? No. <laughs> how did the water get to him and like not the other people though? Okay. The water level in this movie <laughs> it is makes no sense. Insanity. Yeah. It is bizarre. Because like just one minute they like when they're in that house and the house is flooded up to their waists, yeah. but they go outside and it's just empty. Well, and then the <laughs> house just like explodes like into a sinkhole. Like what? All right, it makes no sense. And that After happens like throughout. Like there are there are shots toward the end of the film when they steal the car. And and I'd like to point out that one thing that didn't make any sense to us watching oh, this, this movie. Is, this is my favorite part. Yeah, it's that it's that it's not dire enough. To not go into the convenience store and pay for what you're buying, but it is dire enough to steal the car outside. <laughs> and I love that contrast. Looting no uh, car theft, yes. My favorite my favorite shot of the film is when uh, they are when he's when they're doing the whole bus rescue operation and Ian Zering is doing that. And they cut up to a shot of of Tara Reed and their daughter, and you can see off the bridge in one of the shots and like well, you know the, when 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 we they show the bus it's supposed to be flooded up to like over the wheels and you can see off the bridge in this shot of Tara Reed and the daughter and it is just dry as a bone down there <laughs> like not even a hint of water and that happens and, a lot and, yeah like after they stole the car they're just like driving around and it's like a sunny day there's no water yeah. they're just zipping around in this big yeah, new cars, car they stole cars are all parked everywhere yeah. the cops are chasing them because they're being oh. assholes and just like driving through the streets recklessly oh, yeah. no, no it's also when they're on that bridge there's just regular traffic is going on yeah. on the bridge <laughs> yeah <laughs> the city is not in a state of panic <laughs> Totally ordinary day after a tor- after a hurricane that apparently no one knew was coming until the day right. of. Yeah, uh, no one's f- evacuated. No one's boarded anything up. Everybody's still out on the boardwalk. It, Never mind is- that we've known that you know Jose and Maria and whatever were coming for almost weeks in advance. Yeah, uh, but is- this this is my favorite scene. Also, the bus rescue. Yeah. Not only because it's. A hundred percent gratuitous. It has <laughs> nothing to do with the plot. No, uh, well, it's they're, just they're filling it, ten minutes. They're using it as a great moment to have his family be pissed at him for saving a bus. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. How dare well, you risk yourself to save many, many children? Uh, <laughs> it's like really the, weird. After he gets all the kids up, there's like one ambulance, and then there's only like two kids sitting in it. Like, where did all the other kids go? Like, sure, they're yeah. up here, and then like, oh, they're they're gone. So, did he really okay. save them? Where'd they go? But sure, this yeah. this is what redeems the entire movie for me. Is number one the the performance of the guy playing the bus driver. Bus driver's named Robbie. He is. I love him. I think he's he brings a lot of refreshing weirdness and humor to the role. He does bring an energy in that scene that is necessary. Yes. And he is played this is the best part. He is played by Robbie Rist, who is probably best known as Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. Really? What? <laughs> <laughs> also is- the voice of Michelangelo in the nineteen ninety Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That is amazing. Oh, so that's where that career goes. That is so sad. <laughs> that is where child actor careers can go. Yes. Oh that, no. Robbie Rist oh. 
Do not look up Haley Joel Osment right now. I love normal. What's the one where he's like trying to have sex with a with a seventeen year old? He's also teaching about sex. It's called Sex Ed. It's that's a great. Movie, I love that actually. movie. He's also great in Silicon Valley, but that's neither here nor there. Yes. Also uh, excellent in Tusk, even though Tusk is and not only in- Tusk, but also. Yoga hosers. Who is he in Yoga oh, hosers? Don't even bring it. Yeah, he's, he's, watch, he's Canadian Hitler. Don't watch Yoga hosers for any reason. He's Canadian, Canadian Hitler. Hitler? Yeah. That's that awesome. movie? Just don't. Not worth I've it. never hated anything so much. So, <laughs> and Brett sometimes will be looking for a movie to watch. He's like, Yoga hosers? Let's watch it again. No, like, he just no. loves it so much. Brett, really no. Brett has a distinct taste in movies. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm glad it's not just us. Like uh, I, I'm convinced that the only thing he watched as a child was Labyrinth. That's not entirely set, far from the truth. Set that as like Thanks, a weird Mom. golden standard. Yeah, that's no, not a bad good. movie, but yeah, it's not. It's not. it's not a great movie. Oh. So I'll I'll transition us back into this movie for a moment. <laughs> yes, please. There's this storm that is at times powerful enough to rip out the Hollywood sign or a a Ferris wheel from its secured-in bearings, but people are walking around just fine, not having an issue. Yes. No problem. Yes. And and, in fact, the Hollywood sign scene... You see, like, all these letters flying because bus driver guy's, like, limberly dodging all of them. But, but and it's, then he, it's one shot of him dodging they kept using over and Yeah, over. and they like, they, like, they, like, flipped it. And then he, of course, one of them lands on him after he says his mother said Hollywood will always kill him. And, you know, of course it does. And then it cuts back to the Hollywood Hills. And, like, the whole word of Holly is still there. The whole letter words of Holly are still there. And, like, one of the O's. The numbers don't add up. Yeah, I thought the bus driver got squashed by the H. Hmm. Yeah, he did no, get. Wait, I, well, wait. No, he, he never actually there's, shows what he gets squashed by. It just shows that it's metal. Inconsistencies in this movie, I am shocked. <laughs> I and know. I like how they've embraced like Naked Gun style sequel titles. Like the third, like the second one is called Sharknado. Well, the second one. So that that one, they actually held a Twitter contest to name and. Uh. I can't. There were some really good ones. It's but better that one than that Sharky McSharkface, which probably was like <laughs> in the running somewhere. But yeah, that was uh, that was the name that they decided to go with was the second one. I like the third one. Which one's that called? Uh, Sharknado Three. Oh hell no! Oh, that's <laughs> right. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, David Hasselhoff is in this one. Oh god. Oh yeah! Oh no! Like they start getting like legitimate actors at some point, and it. it David Hasselhoff yeah. is not a legitimate actor. I'm sorry. Oh, and oh, oh, and he reprises the role. He's also in the Fourth Awakens, and then actually last year. Oh wait, no! Is oh god, no! There's a fifth one coming out. Yeah, no, yeah. it's already came out. Oh, it's Global called. Swarming. Oh, I love Global it. Global swarming. Global swarming. That is that's shameless. I love it. Wait, is it the same family in all five of these movies? Like, this just yes. keeps happening it's, to them? It, it's the same. T- it's like Jaws, where the shark inexplicably, inexplicably follows this family around. <laughs> uh, it is Tara right. Reid and Ian Ziering. Uh, and then that Nova girl shows up in a couple of them. Uh, oh, no. They're flying around Big Ben in the trailer. That is... Yeah, it's pretty magical. And then, like, the, the, it's also like a holiday movie where the daughter gets recast at some point. Um, oh, really? Okay. Uh, 
Oh man, um, just I'm looking at the, the the people who are in the third one. We got Bo Derek, Frankie Muniz, Mark Cuban, <laughs> uh, Neo, Chris Jericho, and Coulter shows up in this movie. Wait, Lou oh Ferrigno. Please tell me Ann Coulter gets beat like attacked by a shark. I need that. I don't know. That would require me to watch the movie, guys. Oh. Uh, people playing as themselves. Okay, strap in. Here okay. we go. I'm ready. Uh, George R. R. Martin, Matt Lauer, Al Roker, Natalie Morales, Savannah Guthrie, Kathy Lee Gifford, Hoda Kotb, Elvis Duran, Alexis Hohen, and Jared S. Fogel. Wait, is that Jared that I think it is? Yeah, ooh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, I just found the most insensitive uh, interview that Ann Poulter gave about Sharknado. That, that is Subway Jared was in. Oh, oh no. That is unfortunate. Yeah. So she does apparently die by shark, I believe. But oh, who does? And Coulter. And Coulter. But ah. keep in mind that her appearance in Sharknado 3 was not unaccompanied by a bunch of really offensive quotes, such as, I've been acting for years. My greatest acting performance was pretending to enjoy the movie Selma. Uh, then followed by, we shot for a few hours at SeaWorld. Only two or three animals were harmed. Oh, Tops. Sushi was awesome. I play a hot babe in a brilliantly conceived story about what happens when you give mental patients a small film budget. Oh. Well, she's not wrong on that last one. I gotta, I gotta say, she's not entirely wrong on that last one. Oh, uh, no. Okay. Oh, uh, Beauty's in one of these. All right, she likes the film going... as a passionate defense of Second Amendment rights. Okay, I'm out of here. This is too <laughs> oh far. Oh, my God. We're going back to Sharknado 1. Um, yes, please. So, okay, okay. Uh, Sharknado 1. So, how could you live inside of a shark? This is one from Nicole. It is the the uh, the M Night Shyamalan twist of the end. Um, it's not really a twist, but like, yeah, um, Nova comes Pinocchio back. And Geppetto were in there for a yeah, while. Nova a whale. goes head first. Is it head first or feet first into a giant shark? I think I don't feet know. first. No, anyway, Nova goes a hole into a gigantic shark after falling out of the helicopter like an idiot. Um, and she's, she's, she's discovered later, unconscious alive. but still alive. I have wanted to know this ever since Jaws so, 3D. Let's How just, long can you live inside of a shark and swallow? Let's. I I want to like that's a very valid question. Probably not long. I would imagine not. But the, the peristaltic action would probably kill you. The character of Nova is troubling. Yes. Because she starts out the movie in love with Finn, does yeah. not know that he has an ex-wife and two grown children. Yes. Uh, but then, like, immediately... Half his age as well. Immediately latches onto the sun as soon as he appears. Yeah. She's but like, it's... oh, it's like Finn, but younger. Awesome. Bonus. She's... Girl's got so many issues. And keep in mind <laughs> that, that as we saw in the film, uh, Finn's son, one of the reasons he's just so attractive is his smarts. And in this film, he decides that the best thing to do, advised by generic Australian man, is yeah. to uh, throw bombs into the tornado because that will. Oh, yeah. well, what did they say in the in the film, Claire? Uh, they said that it, so it was going to kill the sharks, but then they were like, "Oh, there's still going to be a tornado." And then the Australian guy said, "No, it'll equalize the air temperatures, when- and the tornado will just like disappear." When he leans in and starts giving a full explanation of what tornadoes are and how yeah. this bomb's going to do it, I loved it. <laughs> like, sure, yeah, why not? All right. I actually did some research on this. There are theories 
that say that you could dissipate a tornado given either A, heating up the air above a tornado, because tornadoes form with warm air from below and cool air from above, or B, throwing in a big enough bomb to disrupt the energies of the tornado. See? Has it been tested? Unfortunately, yeah, the well, yeah, tornado, besides Sharknado. Yeah. Well, I mean, tor- regular tornadoes, you know, never mind the added danger of Sharknadoes. Regular tornadoes have the energy equivalent to atomic weaponry. So you would have to use a very large bomb okay. to disrupt a storm system that big and that energetic, and you would wreak much more havoc in trying to destroy it than in letting it blow itself out. You're saying um, you couldn't do it with a homemade pipe bomb like from Anarchist you Cookbook? You not do Lowe's. it with a homemade pipe bomb. <laughs> okay. Uh, made, by, made by generic Australian man. Made by generic Australian. I liked generic Australian I man. did too. I actually <laughs> He was fairly charming. And I love that the actor went by Jason Simmons. In yes, the his name is Jason Simmons. But for this movie, he was like, I can't have my name be strictly attached to it. So I'm going to go by Jason. With but two as A's. in he's actually, you know, casted with two A's. Yep. Right. J-A-A-S-O-N. That's how he was credited in this film. Yep. He no longer goes by Jason. He just goes by Jason. Yeah. Uh, so. We mentioned their son, who I just want to point out is older than the guy... His dad or his his mom is dating because when he what? goes when they go to that Beverly Hills house and the boyfriend comes out, that guy's conservatively twenty two. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Hold on, let me see. Uh, known for Sharknado. Looking at his resume, the actor's name is Christopher Robles. Can we talk about him uh, really quick? Because he's like... Wait, the son? No, no, no. Like the no, stepdad no, 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 the boyfriend. boyfriend. The boyfriend. Oh, I have an issue with the son thing, but you can talk about the boyfriend. Okay, well, really quick. The boyfriend... <laughs> There's just everything is skeezy about him. I don't like him. Also, why is his kid going to flights... Parks and Rec here. Why is, why is this man's uh, son going to flight school no longer his problem? <laughs> According to boyfriend, yeah, and and the boyfriend has absolute control over this family because you know the son doesn't have any agency of his own to go then tell his father, "Hey, I'm going to flight school." It's well, boy, not even stepdad. Boyfriend said he doesn't need to know. Guess I better not tell him. <laughs> well, the now you have a problem with the son. Well, Explain okay. this. No, no, it kind of has to do with the daughter too. There's one part where the daughter's like all weepy when they're like making the pipe bombs, and then the dad goes over there <laughs> yes. and she was like, "You just whatever, don't try hard enough." And then he's like, "Remember, I came to get you first. He didn't know the son was at flight school. He goes to their house and he goes, "What's it, the son's where's, name? Where's Where's Matt? Yeah, he's like, "Where's Matt?" So like he was going to get. Both of them, like, he wasn't just going to get the daughter, and then she's like, oh, yeah, and then at the end, she's, like, loving dad and, like, running after him. He didn't go to get her first. It's a really weird time for her to be such a bitch. Yeah. (laughs) They also bring up her daddy issues in the middle of a Sharknado. Oh, this movie is rife with daddy issues. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Nova is... 
and and Claudia, yeah. They also move on from that boyfriend dying real quick. I don't even think the mom cries. From anyone dying movie it's real quick i actually yeah. thought he died before he died because there's a moment where it looks like he's he got killed and I'm like oh he's gone and then he shows up like two minutes later actually dying and i'm like oh cool he's he's really yeah. dead now yeah the mom's not terribly broken up about it again though to be fair terribly... nobody's broken up about anything in this movie john hurd dies like their good friend that occupies his bar and drives yeah. like an hour and a half to get there and they just finn's, move on finn's restaurant gets destroyed and he's like well that's a wash yeah, and then, and then like, yeah. and then Nova's house is. Uh, she thinks it's destroyed, and she's it's like, flooded. "We're all refugees now." Yeah, they didn't even go check. She goes, "It's on the beach. It's flooded," and then they just leave, and they're refugees, according to the Australian guy. Yeah. Okay. Can, uh, there's there's two things I want to mention really quick. First of all, yeah. is it potentially kind of offensive that they used? And I'm I'm I believe they used this. I found a couple sources, but it wasn't confirmed by Sci-Fi that they used like Katrina stock footage when they're driving mm-hmm. through the streets and like like cuz when they're driving in the car it's all like whited out and like and like misty because they're obviously on, you know, a set. Yeah. But then when it shows the outside of the car, there's just like shots of like, you know, shot there it's clearly Louisiana. It's genuine yeah. flood footage. Yes, yeah. it's genuine flood footage. And I'm like yeah. And then there's like shots where like like for example in the old folks home pool. By the way, I love how this movie like pinnacles an old folks home. Um <laughs> Where like in the pool, and then it cuts to the shark underneath the water, and it's clearly in a tank. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's like at Sea well, World. They used that same shot like a couple different times because it's the big shark with like the little fish thing like attached to it on the side. It's the exact same shot that they've used <laughs> at least three times. Yeah. I guess yeah. my problem here is like yeah, not just stock footage, but also like stock footage of an actual tragedy. Yeah. Into editors never use the same footage, never use the same remora in more than one shot. Everyone will be able to spot it. <laughs> when, oh. uh, when your budget's only like a million dollars, you got to do what you, you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. And then the second yeah. thing I wanted to mention is I do at least enjoy that this film is shameless with the Jaws references. I, I caught at least two. Um, oh, when, I mean, they stuff, yeah, when he stuffs the, the tube. The... Yeah, the first one's when he stuffs the tube in early on in the uh, yeah. in the shark's mouth and blows it up. But then the second one is like, is like we're going to need a bigger chopper. <sighs> we're gonna oh, need yeah. A chopper. I, if I'd been in that chopper, I'd have booted her out right then. <laughs> oh, wait. No, I got to put a hard stop on everything right now. Uh-oh. Because uh, I was just, you know, I was just looking at what are some of the people in this movie up to. And uh, Tara Reid is in an upcoming film. Oh, dear. With uh, with Dean Cain. Yeah. Called Andy the Talking Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Is this going to be no. like the Mel Gibson thing where he like walks around with it on his hand? No, because the people actually liked that movie. Is it a, is it animated? I really oh no, can't this tell. looks like the Brady Bunch to me. It's like a it's like a sitcom. Oh, I was gonna say maybe oh, she's God. better off. If it's oh, animated, I'm gonna put this link in our work. chat for oh, for gosh. listeners. Just Google Andy the Talking Hedgehog and look at some of the superb graphics that they have put together oh, for this dear. production. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm more disappointed in Dean Kane. <laughs> No, he's he. Uh, I'm disappointed in him for many reasons. Oh no. Oh, but I mean, look, Dean Kane is 
I mean, to be fair, the only thing I've seen him in recently is Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 and uh, Supergirl, both of which he's Dean Cain. Supergirl. I, all right. I just typed in Andy the T-A-L and it filled in Andy the Talking Hedgehog for me. So, <laughs> Google knows. Apparently, this is a thing. That picture oh, freaks me out of article her. In Talking Hedgehog, Jeez. the story behind the year's least Oscar-worthy film. Oh, okay, okay. Now, by the way, let me read like, like, like the 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 story is from the Guardian that Nicole is looking at, and yeah. just the, first of all, the nutcraft is beautiful, but so is the intro. It says, "No journalist likes to admit this, but I recently blew a scoop. Last month, I had the interview Tara Reid about Sharknado Five. I'd planned to ask her about some upcoming roles in films such as uh, Party Bus to Hell, United Colors of Bennett Song, and Andy the Talking Hedgehog. But before I could get there, Reid cut me off with what sounded like a well-practiced wrap-up speech. That was fine. She'd spent most of the interview revealing she." been the victim of bullying so it would have felt cruel to directly follow that up with a sneery hey tara tell me about your dumb hedgehog movie but now andy the talking hedgehog is one of the hottest films on the planet and i'm kicking myself a little bit um ah, <laughs> oh, i that was a great nutcraft a stuart heritage from the guardian That's wow great. and this poster is almost entirely it's like it's a stock photo of a house and then these two cats Sphinx cats photoshopped in, and then the meme of the little baby hedgehog that's curled up in someone's hand uh, has I, been photoshopped in. I will say, gun to my head, watching Sharknado again, or Andy the Talking Hedgehog. Yeah, Shark. Okay, so Sharknado every day for the rest of my life, or Andy the Talking Hedgehog once. <laughs> Sharknado every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, at least you get John Hurt for twenty minutes. That's true. <laughs> Got that to look forward to. Sharknado. Oh, this would actually be a great movie or one of the sequels to do. Has anybody listened to the Worst Idea of All Time podcast? No. It, no, but this movie sounds like it. This Andy the Talking so, Hedgehog bit. So, uh, the Worst Idea of All Time, these two guys watch the same movie every week for a year oh, and then do like a 30 minute talk about it after they watch it. I, the first season is amazing, which uh, they do Grown Ups 2. Oh. So they watch Grown Ups 2 every day. For wow. the, the second oh, season they did uh, Sex in the City 2. I'm not sure what they've done since then. So but They have not done a Sharknado yet. I have, I, have, I have a third one suggestion for them, and I have this straight from the child family, Claire's, Claire's younger brother, Riley. He's a, he's, a, he's a film student. And one of the first times I met Riley, I went over to Claire's house, and he, and he had this VHS copy of of Blade 2 that he was currently watching. Oh, and he, I was watched, like, he watches it every day. No, no, he, he did a thing where he watched Blade 2 on VHS every single day for as long as he could do it. He told me he got about 70, 17 days in and couldn't take it anymore. Um, <laughs> so, I'm, shout I'm out to Riley. I'm going to stick up for Blade 2. Blade 2 is not that bad. Do you want to watch it 17 days in a row on VHS? <laughs> I, yeah. I, before watching Sharknado again? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, so apparently, yeah, first season, Grown Ups 2. Second season, Sex in the City 2. This season, the one they're doing is We Are Your Friends, the uh, Zac Efron film. Uh, so oh, that's they unfortunate. Seem, that's unfortunate. They seem to have it, I think they do the smart thing where they try to find movies that are trying to be good. Uh, where mm-hmm. this would just very obviously be like, well, it's supposed to be shit, so... 
So, so quick question going back to Sharknado, though. The fact that we, it seems like, oh, I guess (laughs) it seems like one of the, one of the funniest things to talk about Sharknado is not just the film, but the fact that it's, you know, spurred so many ridiculous sequels that we can go and look at articles like that glorious guardian piece. Uh, why? And I mean, why in, in, in an economic sense, are these as popular as the first one? Like, is it popular enough to oh, justify no, making a fifth one? The, first the, one the second one was more popular. The second one had more uh, higher ratings. I think they've gone steadily down since then. Uh, okay. I think people kind of b- embrace the irony of it, of the so bad it's good. Do you want to watch any more of these, Claire? Oh, I want to watch all of them. Like, are you serious or like? Oh no, I'm being serious. Oh no! How do they I keep going? The- I'm curious. <laughs> I do Claire, it just to know. I watch. I watch them with Claire. Yeah. I'm gonna have to get real drunk at some oh, yeah. point to keep going on. <laughs> but I'll watch. Oh no. Um. And I want to see. Are they using the st- same like footage of the shark in the tank in these new ones? Like, oh, I just want to know. I love when the shark head explodes and like it peels back in like the floor oh, like a hot yeah. dog like a hot I forgot dog about the shark exploding yeah. now is that because my my older son argued it's because it had swallowed an air tank beforehand but I don't remember sure. that shark swallowing yeah, an no, oxygen the, tank the Australian guy shoves it in his mouth yeah. And, yeah. and then Finn shoots it yeah with a pistol yeah. not yeah. a rifle even which keep in mind it doesn't even pistol. work with a rifle uh Shout out to Mythbusters when they were the, playing. Well, that. that that pistol was firing shotgun rounds. Also, where did the pistol come from? And he's got amazing yeah. accuracy. Well, they said there's firepower behind the bar for some reason. He had a little oh, armory yes. down there. But like when the sharks are flying through the air, there's a scene of him like shooting them out, like he's playing duck hunt, and he's getting a perfect <laughs> score. But they're like he's hitting those things with like such force they're stopping midair and dropping. Yeah, my favorite is when he cuts the one in half with the chainsaw, like it's coming flying yeah. at him, and he just like holds it up in the air, that, and then the shark yeah. just like goes perfectly down the middle of it. That uh, is necessary for when yeah. you're watching it by yourself because you need something to look forward to, <laughs> no, and it's like so it, out of nowhere. It completely reminds me of the old Ginsu knife commercials. They did have where they'd cut a, a tin can in half, and then they'd cut a tomato, and they'd show you how fast you could, you know, cut a fillet of fish into two pieces, and that was pretty much. So, and then they'd cut a shark in pretty half. Pretty much, yes. So there's a bit of an analysis on this Sharknado Five one uh, from Salon. Uh, Melanie McFarland is the writer, and she says here in her piece. Um, uh, on the other hand, this is a film with a $3 million budget, 500000 of which was allocated uh, for Zyring. Is that correct now? Zyring. Zyring's, uh, Zyring salary. Uh, Reed, whose character is now a cyborg who wears Uggs, reportedly Pretty makes much. a quarter of that. But as Vox okay. points out, an even higher crime is that Zyring made more on this movie than Gal Gadot was paid to star in Wonder Woman, which is closing in Ooh. on the 800 oh, million God. mark worldwide. Oh, that is criminal. That that. Oh, yeah. I feel dirty uh, reading though, that. Though, though, probably Gal Gadot got more money in the long run because she probably had some better deals, uh, merchandising so. wise, and all that. Uh, and we, you know, we will say, I, I will say, 
that Patty Jenkins did just close a deal to direct Wonder Woman 2 yes. and it's going to be the highest paid female filmmaker of all time. Nice. Yes. So there is a but, but silver out of, lining. Out of curiosity show. in that silver lining, where does she rank then on highest film, paid filmmakers of all time? I couldn't figure out oh, how probably much. very low. Yeah, uh, it was yeah. still it was still uh I mean several million dollars. Um I, but I was trying to figure out where she was like compared to other superhero movie directors, and or I, like I other female directors. I, I I guess maybe second. I'm just going to spitball this. Uh, Cameron's ex-wife, the one that beat him at, with her Walker, Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, she might be up there. Uh, I love that. That's one of my favorite Oscar moments. I just want to throw that out there. When the camera cuts to Cameron, and he's like, "Yeah, it's Avatar time for Best Picture," and then it goes to his ex-wife <laughs> sitting like two rows down. Oh, that was nice. Yep. Um, yep. So it okay. seems she's she's paid about eight million in the eight million range to write, direct, and produce the Wonder Woman two. Right on. Uh, that's going to be better than all of this. Um, so <laughs> as we begin the wind down here a little bit, uh, many people in this movie probably have bills to pay. Nicole's betting lots. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't know this was going. Because here's here's the pathetic thing. Like the sad thing is you have to know that. The entirety of making this movie, they had no way to know that this was going to be more popular than your typical terrible science sci-fi uh, original movie. Hold on. Though, as of 2009, The Asylum, which, again, you know, made this film, they have never made a loss on any of their film productions. Really? <laughs> since 2009. That's because they spend no money on right, it. Yeah, that's because they're I all mean, like $5. But. Are they behind all the the extremely well-titled but terrible movies like Lava Lantula and uh, Sharktopus? Uh, let's see. Do you want to watch Sharktopus? You know I, I do. Are. I'm just, oh, just going to throw out uh, some titles. Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Yeah. Uh... The Terminators, Transmorphers, that's a classic one. Oh, of yes. Yeah. Morphers. Uh, Paranormal Entity, <laughs> yeah. when Paranormal Activity came out. I love it. Uh, Titanic 2, they didn't ever have a Titanic 1. Uh, <laughs> Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock Holmes, that's that. If you watch the trailer for that one, it is bananas. <laughs> uh, the Amityville Haunting, Mega Python versus Gatoroid. The, yeah, Abraham Lincoln versus the, Zombies, Hundred Ghost Street, The Return of Richard Speck, Nazis the at the Avalanche Center of the Earth. One? What's the uh, one? I don't know. Oh, Atl- Atlantic Grim is one of my favorites. Atlantic. Grimm. Oh yes. Yeah. I don't know what's what's worse. What's worse, the fact that I think I've seen Titanic two, or the fact that upon googling Titanic two, it actually was a ship that that a uh, a Australian millionaire was building to a proposed cruise company, and then apparently somebody realized that was probably in bad taste and decided <laughs> to stop building it. Oh, uh, and oh, as no, of September this... 2017, construction has yet to commence. Uh, this is what I think it is. Okay, sorry, I didn't hear any of that, because I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for the Avengers Grimm, which is a mashup of the <laughs> Avengers and Grimm fairy tale characters made by the asylum i must see this movie <laughs> like as in like marvel's avengers i mean it's not like a match. Like, it's, like it's, the, it's, the... Taking, it's taking the idea of the avengers no, clearly it is legally distinct from marvel's avengers property but see i was like, wondering if, what's the um what is the nicole i'm sure you know what i'm talking about the you avengers in 98 the one with sean connery where he like beats up people in a bear costume yeah, and you've got uh, Ray Fiennes and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Wait, 
No, being people in a bear no, costume no. is Wicker Man. No, no, no. They're like if you remember in Avengers ninety eight, all the bad guys run around in like in like colored no, bear the, costumes. Yeah, the the film version of the television show, The Avengers. Right. Yeah. British television show. With Uma Thurman. With Uma and, Thurman. Right. Yes. As and it's Sean Connery's like manipulative like I'm gonna teach the world about global warming with bears. <laughs> Much like this film, we have been all over the place tonight. Yeah, yeah. like I'm just gonna throw this. I'm gonna put this photo in our talking. Oh God! There's yeah. a photo of Sean Connery uh, flanked by two of his minions in colored bear costumes. Oh boy! <laughs> and man, this uh. this or Sharknado? Now here comes a tough question. Whew. Well, I've never seen the Avengers. So it's watch just, it. it's awful. It's literally a movie it's about him be. teaching him yeah. teaching people about global warming. Is is the movie? And isn't there? Aren't there two Uma Thurmans? There's like an evil Uma Thurman. Yes, there's an evil Uma Thurman, a normal Uma Thurman. Uh, Ray finds Perfect. some like a weird like James Bond subplot, and then global warming inside a terrarium. It's awesome. So it's like Superman three crossed with Tomorrow Never Dies. It's not, yeah, bas- it's not good. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> so, but obviously, Sharknado was good enough to make me have to inevitably suffer through the next four of them with you. Um, oh, yeah. So tell me, like, round it out as our guest. What did you love about it? Was there anything you didn't like? What is fueling you to see the rest? It was just so stupid. I thought it was fun to watch with you. I probably. I get what you're saying. Would you I, watch it alone? No, would you watch it without me? No, no. That's what I was just going to say. I think that's I would the problem. definitely not watch them alone because I have no one to talk about how stupid it is with. Like, I mm. enjoyed watching it with you. I'm not going to go watch the other four by myself. See, my hope was that you could go do that, but it sounds like I'm going to have to watch yeah, no, them with you. You're going to have to watch them with me. Great. Looking forward to that. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, it was a pleasure to have you on the show, Claire. Uh, it, we wanted to get you on, and I know we. Uh, it was very lucky because we were going to do this film for Geek Cinema, and it just so happened that it came up on Netflix Roulette. And I feel like this is a really good film to pop up on Netflix Roulette because it is like quintessentially Netflix, isn't it? Yeah, we needed a uh, a real stinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to have really to kick off the the stinkers that I'm sure we will see. To have something to like tear into and have fun talking about. Oh yeah, and of course yeah. this is on Netflix because why wouldn't it be? If you want to watch it, we'll have a link in the show notes. And furthermore, you, you can of course watch it uh, probably pretty much anywhere. So you're not gonna it's you're probably, not gonna have to spend money on it. It's probably on Sci-Fi conservatively once a week. <laughs> probably yes yes uh all right well let's go around the table if there's anything else anyone wants to throw out about the movie or uh or all that good stuff nicole is there anything about the film uh very poor diversity showing overall you get oh, one yeah. asian american character in a stereotypical role as like a very rich asian dude only into shark fin soup um yeah yeah. So, uh, you, you know, you get Cousin Oliver in this movie, which is great. You get the chainsaw through the shark thing, which is also that that moment was okay. You get John Hurd. So, you know, I would recommend watching it the way I did, which was with my computer on my lap, only half paying attention. Um, okay. But outside of that, if you want to watch a movie, I would watch something else. 
Man, Nicole's burned me many times over the years for only half paying attention to a movie in the background. But you actually have a justified reason. I was paying attention. I should have been paying attention to a lot of films that weren't Sharknado. You were not paying attention to good movies. I was not paying attention to Sharknado. Ugh, fair enough. And then, David, what about you? Any closing thoughts? Do not, for the love of God, watch this movie alone. No, you no. need you need make other you feel people. So bad about yourself. Like a Sharknado helpline. Like it is where the existential if you're watching dread. Alone. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on Fiverr and start offering my services to watch these films with. Oh my God. <laughs> the existential stre- dread will set in very early on, and you just have to deal with your own mortality while watching this. Movie. <laughs> so it's I not think not a good time to deal with it. Does the episode either need to be titled This Is Not How Sharks Work or Existential Dread? I don't know. How about This Is Not How Weather Works? This is really know. not how weather work e- works either. Uh, so, um, and then and then we'll, we'll go around the table one more time where everybody can find everybody else online. Uh, but now, Claire, you are, you are working on a brand new project and it should be uh, out the gate by the time this episode comes out sometime in, you know, October, late October. Tell us the name of it, a little bit about what it's going to be. Yeah, so for a while I've wanted to start a blog. Um, so it has, it's like a beauty blog, but it has a focus on mental health and body positivity, self care, self love, all that good stuff. Um, so it's called Of Beauty and Spirit, and hopefully we'll get it up and started. Brett's been helping me out a lot with it. Um, so yeah, you can find it at ofbeautyandspirit.com. Yep, it's going to be pretty rad. I love that it's a, you know, there's a lot of beauty blogs and there's a lot of, you know, like, mental health and self and, and like self-worth stuff online there's not a lot of stuff that mixes the two and i think those two could be put together you know healthily more often because yeah. a lot of people struggle with one or the other and need to combine them so absolutely i'm very excited to see where that goes uh nicole where can people find you online what are you up to uh you can find my twitter page under at your word whiz that's y-o-u-r-w-o-r-d-w-h-i-z and i believe we are going to be having a moving around facebook page in the oh yeah works. that'll be live by the time this show's out and nicole will be managing that yes so you assume. can you'll be able to reach us there feel free please do feel free to reach out um and chat with us and and ask anything you'd like Absolutely. And we're going to need your involvement, too, because come week five, you are going to help us pick a movie. So we're excited about that. Uh, David, where can people find you online? What are you what are you all about right now? Uh, Heck Yeah Comics podcast, always going on, heckyeahcomics.com. You can also find me on the Brokebot Mountain podcast over on the Blazing Caribou Studios Network. And you can find me around the internet under the username DavLuz, that is D-A-V-L-U-Z. So Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, find me there. Right on. My name's Brett David Stewart. Find me at brettdavidstewart.com, on Twitter, at RiversRubin. And next week, follow along with us. We'd very much like you to. We're going to be watching Logan. That was, uh, of course, you know, the the X-Men film if you want to call it an x-men film but that is for our theme of the week next week which is future classics so uh, i did that pick and i'm going to argue that logan is a future classic so be sure to join us for that watch logan if you'd like to follow along that's going to do it for myself for david for nicole big thank you to claire be sure to find her and on a beautyandspirit.com it was a pleasure everybody we'll see you next week <laughs>